Welcome to the Big Fly Pod. Swung on a joke into right field. There it goes. See ya. First hit of the year. Oh. Drives one. Deep left field. That goes up to Back near the wall. It's out of here. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Welcome to episode 67 of the Big Fly Pod with your host, T. Lou. I'm running solo today, but. I actually have somebody on that I'm very, very excited to talk about. I have Javier Reyes from Locked On Padres to join me here today as we continue on through our pursuit of getting through all of the ball clubs here before the start of the regular season, deep diving into the teams, the storylines, the rosters, and much, much more. But Javier, um, I knew you would get a kick out of the <laughs> Bartolo Cologne. I didn't even think about that. But to see your face light up when you saw that video, uh-huh. it was priceless. I know it's not probably the fondest memory as a San Diego Padre, but as a baseball fan, it's it's priceless. It's it's it was one of those things where it's it's I feel like with Bartolo, players of that nature who have this like you just it's like hot potato. You don't want to be the one that gave it up, I think. I know David Price talked about this with like Derek Jeter, right? With giving up the three thousand hit or whatever. He's like, I, I just didn't you don't want it to be you. Um, but yeah, it was a blast. And the Padres were competitive really at the time. So it's fine. It's not like you showed, you know, Cody Bellinger robbing Tatis to the playoffs or anything like that. Then I would have been like, is this a trap? The Tyler <laughs> set me up. What's going on here? But uh no, nah, man, I'm super happy to be here. Um, love being on different podcasts yeah. with with great fans and talking baseball because we are in we're right there you know what i mean like we're right there and it's we're so it's gonna close go, man yeah we're so it's gonna close. and not to mention you'll have march madness to tide you over a little bit you know oh. what i mean beginning of march you'll be like that first week is gonna fly by just watching Kate clark or whatever the heck kentucky's doing i assume they're good <laughs> uh, you know what i mean like just watching those people like that that's gonna be a lot of fun ads with baseball right around the corner, man, I mean, it's a season that I'm excited for, as always, and I'm optimistic about, and I'm excited to talk about it, too. I think I, I think you rightfully should be, and why I think I was really, really wanting to get somebody on like yourself who talks about the Padres on the daily is that the Padres have almost been like a science experiment the last mm-hmm. five, six years, and in a positive way, because we've seen money be spent that many fans would love to see their organizations even consider doing aka the ace um but then you have you know with everything that's happened here this off season and then when you guys had your run a couple of years ago and it has been something that i've been so fascinated with and many folks have been that i wanted to get your opinion to start off just this is going to roll here into my question but what has been your general opinion of Ed, AJ Preller's regime here since becoming president of baseball operations in 2014? I think that a lot of the success, obviously, for sure, also needs to be tied to ownership, allowing him to spend in the first place. But the guy has cojones. He's got everything it takes to make whatever move. He's not afraid of anything. And at the very minimum, and I'll never forget because I wasn't covering the team and I wasn't even as much a Padres fan, but. One of my closest friends in high school, I believe this was 2015, the first year of Preller, like really taking over. And when they made the Justin Upton, Matt Kemp, Melvin Upton, all the Craig Kimbrell, James Shields, when they did all that crazy stuff. And 
from afar, I was like, this is dumb. This team isn't ready. The farm hasn't caught up yet. You you can't assemble this like a fantasy baseball team. But my friend was just like, and it, it always stuck with me. He's just like, yeah, but I'm just happy they're doing something different. Like they're just trying to get stars. We never do this. You know what I mean? With the biggest star, some of the biggest stars we've ever had, we let them walk from Adrian Gonzalez to, to, to an extent, a Chase Headley, formerly of the um, Yankees as well, that he was just excited that someone was doing something risky. And he's like, yeah, it might not work, but I love that they're actually doing this. And I think that's kind of my, my take on Preller is that he has to be remembered. Even with all the shortcomings, I was of the opinion that he should have been left, uh, not left, uh, should have exited or whatever, should have been fired or whatever this past offseason. I just think for a bunch of different reasons that would take me a while to get into. But sure. I think that Padres fans, look, you're definitely grateful that there was a guy who just went for it. Um, did it always work? No. Um, I think that that is partially because of him being a micromanager and maybe not hiring the right managers or him not working along well enough with managers. But this is so much better and exciting at the minimum. And if you want to go even further and you want to be one of those fans like me that like get a little esoteric, maybe even a little bit, you know, pretentious about it. If you just look at it from a perspective of being entertaining and something to talk about, AJ Peller has been huge paramount to that uh at the very minimum even if your whole thing and sometimes my thing is like you know sports are more than just championships it's really freaking cool that we got made machado on this team it's really cool that they decided to trade everything for juan soto and then trade him later we'll pretend that didn't happen for the moment but uh yeah that's I, i'm grateful for him i think they should have moved on he's got a lot of shortcomings but as you alluded to earlier with teams like the a's there are so many worse situations to be in than the Padres, even with everything that happened last year. Absolutely. Wow. What a breakdown because it, the way you described it was a great way where it is sort of like this, Hey, let's just do it. Mm -hmm. And really, how are we hurt? Because in my personal opinion, Javier, and I love your, uh, but I love your Twitter handle. Is it Javi Javi Peno? It's Javi Peno. Javi Peno. Yeah. Peno. <laughs> I can't take credit for it. An old old friend who I don't talk to anymore was just like, "Hey, what about Javi Peno?" When we're playing like Call of Duty Black Ops or whatever, and then I was like, "Oh, this is gr great idea," and it's been that one ever since. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to Javier because if I I, I feel like <laughs> the Javi Peno thing, I'm gonna try and come back to that later on. Okay. It's so great. Now, um. But I love the way you break it all down because this really has. And, and it's funny is, is that even from a prospect standpoint, it really it, it, I know things maybe used to be a little bit better if you want to call it that way. Mm -hmm. But there's still a lot of talent that's still coming up. And we'll get mm -hmm. to that here in a little bit as well. The other thing I wanted to bring up was just, you know, are they still in works right now with the tv deal or they not necessarily having to deal with that right now that's a weird thing and seems to be one of the things that's impacted their cutback on spending i'm of the opinion that i don't want to freak out about the loan thing as much as others because other teams have taken out loans i don't care about the semantics i know the dodgers have taken out a loan the rangers did plenty of teams have i think that it was just something that affects them this season and we'll see what happens down the road but i do think missing the playoffs and the potential ad money that you would have gotten from the playoff games might have hurt them too but i'm not like overly concerned about it but it is really weird and it is a very baseball thing baseball's the only sport where i swear every other year there's some team that has some weird tv deal i mean i remember hearing the story about remember the field of dreams game i think it was yeah, uh, yeah. field of dreams game 
and they were like yeah there's some there are some people who are like two hours away from this and can't watch it you know what i mean like they get blacked out from it so there's always been weird stuff with tv i haven't heard an update in regards to the padres but i know the whole bally sports thing just kind of ballooned and blew up kind of so i don't think it'll be a huge deal for much longer but it is worth monitoring but i haven't heard anything i don't think any of the beat reporters have talked about it but maybe something will happen um maybe halfway through the season or next year yeah i i just i was curious because i i I remember hearing about that but i i mean you you mentioned a word earlier optimistic and that's (laughs) and that's what i want to get into about this team because Uh, storylines have already surfaced, of course, with Bogarts now moving to second base. Yes. What, mm-hmm. in your opinion, I, 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 because I want people who maybe don't listen to Lockdown Padres to now tune in moving forward, mm-hmm. but for folks maybe that didn't get to listen into that episode, kind of walk me through what what are your thoughts on that whole ordeal and everything with you know Bogarts, of course, has a lot of years left on his contract, mm-hmm. um, publicly said that he was cool with it, but I do want to get your opinion on that. Now, I will say with the latter point, he deserves credit for being cool with it because there are certainly athletes out there and totally understandable to an extent that will have the ego that's like, no, like this is how I got here. Like this is my position. I'm not going to immediately hate off someone for that, but I think he deserves credit. But also it's a lot easier to do that when you've already got your bag. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a lot easier for you to be like, yeah, I'll move to the position that's paid historically a little bit less than shortstop. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll do that because I already got, you know, $280 million over the next 11 years. So, <laughs> um, but even still, hey, it's, I like that they did something. I think one of the criticisms, and I do put more blame on Preller than Bob Melvin last year, but I think a fair criticism of Bob Melvin was, and, and I feel bad because he must have been just watching this, like why n- these guys just aren't playing. They're not hitting well. What can I do? But I like that immediately there was a change of some sort. Last year, you're still batting Bogart, same spot. You're still batting Manny, same spot. You're still batting all these guys in the same area. With the, with the exception of Hassan Kim, who eventually became a leadoff hitter. I kind of like that he's like, you know what? I think we have more potential here. I think that Hassan Kim is a gold glove caliber shortstop which he certainly is. He won a gold glove for second base last year. And Bogarts, maybe this is better for him. Maybe it keeps him healthier. Maybe it's a little bit easier of a position. And I think it could help both of them, frankly. And I don't think it's an indictment on Bogarts at all. He had three outs above average last year. Like, he was a good shortstop. He's not as libelous or much of a liability as he used to be back in his Red Sox days. He was just abject, like, failure in that position. And then he got better the last year in Boston. And last year showed that that wasn't a fluke. So... I think it's great. I think it's a good move. And part of me also just tinfoil hat is like, is there a little behind the scenes where Bogarts is like, yeah, man, I'll let you play short. They get paid more. So, you know what I mean? You can pay it this year. You're entering free agency this very next year. So I think it helps all sides. And could Bogarts be a gold glove second baseman? I've seen crazy things. The guy who played shortstop his whole career last year became an outfielder and won the platinum glove. So I'm all for it. And I think that's a great thing for the team. And I like that they are showing we're going to try things new this year. Let's go into that platinum glove winner. I want to start with the outfield right now. And I usually, what we do on uh, on our show is we normally go off of fan graphs, what their projected lineup is. Mm-hmm. Because, and I like it for this standpoint, because you can give your opinions as to, hey, that's actually really wrong, Ty, or yes, mm-hmm. I agree. So right now, fan graphs has it projected to be left field is Jerk, Jerkson Profar, mm-hmm. Jose Azacar in center field. I apologize if I butchered that name. And right field is, of course, Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, 
Is this the outfield that you hope to see for the duration of the year, or would you like to see some changes? I think so. There's a lot of different angles here, and this has been the topic basically of all of spring training, which is I actually kind of like Jose Azokar. I've always thought that he has defensive upside at the minimum, and he should have at least gotten more playing time. And don't get me wrong, he doesn't have a lot of power in his bat, right? Like he's never going to be that type of player. And Trent Grisham, formerly of the Padres, had more power in his bat. So I understood that. But my thing was, yeah, but Grisham isn't that good offensively. So does he deserve this monopoly on the center field position? And I always thought maybe it should be 75-25. Let's just try that out. You know what I mean? Instead, it was like 99% of the time it was Grisham. So I like Azokar as as a center fielder. However, I also wouldn't mind, you know, one-year flyers. Now, Kike Hernandez just got signed. He would have been a good example of one. Um, Michael A. Taylor is still out there. Adam Duvall is still out there. I think he plays left a little bit better. But I wouldn't mind one more vet. But otherwise, Jerickson Profar, for some reason, much better with the Padres than anyone else. Indescribable. We don't know. Everyone loves him. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't like I don't mind that the Padres are like, you know what? We've been doing mercenary hiring. We've been trying to put together a fancy baseball team. Let's try out some of the young guys and see what happens. You know, and I actually like that approach to being like, now don't get me wrong, part of this is money. They were reportedly really in on um Jung Ho Lee um for the this past offseason. Unfortunately, they got outbid by the Giants. But I wouldn't mind that you have Profar potentially as a, as a fourth outfielder, and it seems like Jackson Merrill, their top um prospects outside ethan salas um it seems like he's got a little bit of a of a head start on that position it seems like he's going to make the opening day roster and if that's true then maybe he goes to center it seems like he's a little bit more conducive to being a center fielder rather than left field so you have merrill maybe bring in michael a taylor you got a zokar jerickson profar it's not an exciting outfield but for the time being i think it's important that padres fans and the team remember that you have a lot of stars already. This isn't a team that needs stars. The Giants are a team that has all the depth, but none of the stars. Padres are kind of the antithesis of that. So that's where I think that they should be looking towards and just hoping that they get bounce backs from other players and saying, let's see what happens. And if we're push comes to shove, all right, we'll figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll figure it out. At the very minimum, these guys can be average. And again, Jerks and Profar, for some reason, so much better with the Padres. So I don't love it. Definitely don't hate it, though. And I'm really curious to see if there's one more move to make as well. I do see that coming for you guys, too, because the Mm. bench right now doesn't necessarily uh, showcase that depth, Mm. specifically from an outfield uh, position-wise. And so um, I can definitely see that coming. Um, Let's talk about the infield. Let's talk about one individual, which is Manny Machado. Uh, He's, of Mm -hmm. course, of course, has been one of the greatest assets to baseball in the last 10 years mm-hmm. and just electricity dominant from a defensive standpoint has that of course the latino background so he brings out that absolute yeah. flair he shows it I, too yeah <laughs> and, he, and, and he shows that passion for the game that of course he was divvied upon when he was in LA doing that, even mm-hmm. though he was helping them almost potentially win a world series yeah. and he always got bagged on for that now has been a part of course of a very, very successful tenure with the Padres right now. Is it still projected that he may be out here? He may be out of playing third base there for a little bit, or is it now looking like he's going to be starting opening day? 
it's weird how we haven't gotten much of an update on it. The only update that we've got is that he feels a lot better. He's swinging the bat really well. And if that's the case, cool. I would, I would probably expect him to miss a little bit, but not long, probably like around the same time or less than Tati spent um, from his suspension. That's kind of the vibe I'm getting from this and also just poetically feels right for some reason to me. So I don't think he's going to be out too long, which is why on my podcast, I was campaigning for trading house out Kim, which is a controversial take of mine, but um, I don't think it's going to be too long. I don't think so. And it's, he looks great. The bat looks right. And it is another reason to be optimistic about this team, because if he really was just banged up with that injury, that would explain a lot because he was really ineffective, especially the beginning of last year, just swinging at the wrong type of pitches, swinging at everything and missing. It was not not great for Machado. And I think that the bat, the faster that he could get back, the better. But for now, Manny Machado's your DH ain't bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a pretty good uh, person to have as your DH. And when he gets back, obviously, the gold glove caliber defense is going to be there. So I don't I feel like we would have heard by now, I think. I'm not even going to say that because the Padres are weird with injuries. They're very, very inconsistent with how they report injuries. Uh, Interesting. The Nelson Lamette and Mike Clevenger, I think, from a few years ago are the top examples of that, where they were like, yeah, Mike Clevenger just needs a scope. Then he gets Tommy John, I believe, like a week after they said that. And then with the Nelson Lamette, they're like, yeah, we're going to try and try him out. And he's ruined, right? So they're a little bit inconsistent with injuries. But this one, I think he'll be back sooner rather than later. Yep. Now, let's talk about Kim. We talked about Bogarts. Yeah. We talked about, you know, that's really going to be a fun dynamic to watch. I think people making it a massive headline, I, I understand why, based on the fact that he, of course, got the major, major contract that he did. But at the end of the day, he's still in your lineup, and he still can be an explosive bat. Yeah. I want to talk about Kim, though, because he's got two, year, two years left. And I'm guessing you think trade him now because trade him at his peak. Or am I yeah. wrong? basically that's it and another part of it is because who we haven't touched on yet jake cronenworth he's historically better at second base he's a four-win player if you go by fan graphs both uh both of the full seasons he's played and he was obviously great in 2020 and i feel like you would be ostensibly getting back potentially that four-win cronenworth if you were to trade hassan kim because then he can move to second etc etc instead of at first which is a position that you really need to bring the offense because you're not going to get a lot if you're doing defense only, right? So that's not a position for for a player like Cronenworth, who's more of a utility guy, right? It, it'd be putting like Xavier Nady at first base or like, I don't know why I said him. Uh, it'd be like putting <laughs> Nico Horner. Nico Horner is a better example. Yes, you know what I mean? There we go. Much better. I don't know why I said Xavier Nady. Um, shouts to my guy, I guess. That's an absolute, that's an oh, that's absolute baseball name right there too. That's just somebody that it's like, it's like that weird thing you do with your buddies. You're like, name a yes. baseball player. Xavier Nady. I love that tweet. That tweet is going to live on forever. Guys can yeah, literally just forever. sit around naming athletes. It's so true. It's so true. Um, but with, with Kim. Yeah. I mean, with him or what was it? Kim we were talking about. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Hassan Kim, I imagine that if he has another good year, he's probably going to be gone. Um, and I think that that's the scary thing for a lot of Padres fans is like the one like somewhat cheap guy that we got. Of course, he's the one that is about to leave, right? Like four years, 28 million initially signed. Looks like a bargain and a half at this point. And he's got a mutual option after this year, which I which is weird 
frankly, just that we have that as a possibility. It's like, what does that yeah. even mean? We have vesting, mutual. It's like, why? It should be player We can club. never figure out what the hell that means. We I have can't. no idea. I have no idea I don't what know. it means. Um, it's like, oh, they mutually agree to make or pay him. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's, Whatever. It's very, very weird. And look, if he enters free agency this next year, which I think is what a lot of people expect, um, and if he has another good year, he's going to get paid around that Nico Horner money, you know what I mean? Or possibly more because of just how markets adjust sometimes, which is partially why I wanted to trade him because you could potentially get a whole lot back from him. This is a guy who is more glove than bat, but his bat like skyrocketed last year, especially as a leadoff hitter. He saw more pitches. His walk rate increased. He tapped into power a little bit more. So while I don't think that he's going to get much better as a bat, the defense is a lock, you know what I'm saying? And the fact that he's shown improvements there is why he's kind of become one of the Padres fans overall favorite player on the entire team so I think that's it though is my thing would be you sell high and also you're probably not going to be able to pay him next year and also next year has a really stacked free agent class for you to upgrade other areas of your team so my thing has been you know I I joke on my show about Lamont Wade Jr. because he could play first base and left field that would be an interesting bat he has another year of control but that's where I've been but regardless guy can play and he's like BFFs with Manny Machado. The vibes are immaculate with him every time. He was one of the only players on the team that didn't disappoint last year outside Juan Soto. So they're going to keep him. They're going to run with it. If it's a total disaster, then yeah, he's going to be probably one of the hottest names at the trade deadline. But for now, hey, just trying to enjoy what we have at the moment. You know what I mean? I mean, he's he's great. It's so much fun watching him play. I got to see him at Yankee Stadium once. That throw from short. Just the quick release, everything. He's super gifted and incredibly talented. And I love that he talks crap in Spanish. Love that. <laughs> Random anecdote about uh, Hasa Kim is that that's the, his, his language of choice for talking smack. So I, I understand it, man. I understand it as a Puerto Rican. He's hanging around Manny, man. baby. He's yeah. hanging around Manny. He's like, right? I learned. This is the language for, for crap talking. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, for the sake of time, Javier, I want to get through two more sections of this team. Um, and I, I really want to focus on the rotation because yes. right now, uh, Joe Musgrove, you Darvish, Michael King, Pedro Vila, and Randy Vasquez are right now slated per fan graphs to be the top of li- or the top five in the rotation. Mm-hmm. A, a general question because I know this can lead to a lot of paths, but which names should people really be excited about out of that rotation and which names are you worried about the most? I'd say Pedro Avila in terms of worry, just to get the negative stuff out. I think he was very lucky with the batted ball stuff. I think his control isn't very good. He just doesn't strike me as a starter with a lot of upside. Instead, he seems like a guy that maybe he could help you on the bullpen as a long inning reliever. I don't love him as much in terms of the rest of rotation. I mean, that is the question, right? Um, I think that Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez have a little bit of an up just because they have a little bit more experience. And I think that the Padres want to keep Snelling and Lesko and Thorpe, give them more time, which is something they have really been bad at, which is giving their prospects time, calling up CJ Abrams pretty early, calling up Luis Campizano early. They did it with Tatis. And I guess maybe they thought, oh, wow. So if we just call up our prospects early, we get generational talent every time. Cool. Let's do that every time. And it didn't work, obviously. And Mackenzie Gore's situation was very weird, right? Um, so I think that's where they are with with those guys. And I think that's why the trade of Juan Soto was really important that they got some pitching backup. Um, I'd be interested 
in Johnny Burrito, if you go by Stuff Plus, not too bad. Him and Vasquez. I think there's at least a tiny bit of upside there. I don't think they're going to be able to get out of them what they got out of Michael Waka and Seth Lugo last year. But guys that fill innings, I think that we're probably going to see a call up at some point. I respect that they're trying to keep those guys fresh and whatnot, give them more time in the the minors. But I think at some point, the lack of depth at the back end of the rotation might hurt them. And unless they make a signing of, uh, you know, Michael Lorenzen still out there, that's a popular name, I think that this is what they're going to be stuck with for better or worse. It's not the worst situation in the world. Um, I think it becomes worse if Darvish isn't healthy. I think that's the big, big thing with the pods, but that first three, you can win. That'll play. Um, the question is going to be the back end, but what other team is that struggle with the back end of the rotation? You know what I mean? This is oh one of my, my gosh. It's so pivotal. Yeah. It's so pivotal. I think about the Cubs right now. It's a yeah. big debate with Javier Saad, mm-hmm. Jordan Wicks, you know, now, Hayden Wisniewski, we'll see at this point, mm-hmm. but there are still a lot of names in the fold, and you really just want a solid guy who at least can be just above a four ERA, and yeah. you feel like it at least isn't out there, and you're going, this might go, you know, this might go really, really bad, or this might go really, really well. I just yeah. prefer to have somebody who's going to be okay. Yes, he's going to go out there and maybe give up three or four runs. Mm-hmm we're fine because yeah. maybe we're lucky enough to face the other teams four or five. Yeah. You don't want to be stuck in a situation like the Padres were a few years ago where Jake Arietta and Vincent Velasquez have to give you innings. That's what you don't want to be. So at the very minimum, they have depth and options that won't be giving up seven and two um, and two innings. Right. So I think that's the, the position they find themselves in. And my like most jerk take that I've had over the past few years. And I wrote about this for just baseball, a site that I contribute to a great website. Everyone should check it out. Uh, unbelievable. Um, unbelievable website. Very Go good ahead. stuff. Those are my dogs um, that I was basically like, I don't like how people always say we need a pitcher. We need a pitcher. We need, as if you're making some profound statement, I think we need to level it in categories. Like, are you at DEFCON four or one? of Nini's story pitcher or are you like yeah we kind of could use one but it's not the end of the world like a lot of teams are worse off so it's like Oakland A's that's DEFCON 1 or whichever one's the highest I always forget that's the top one right and then a team like say I think the Mets at one point were like this I think the Angels have been like this for the last decade Padres you're like two and a half you know I'd be like there is a world in which this goes wrong but outside Atlanta and LA maybe even the Yankees what other teams aren't an injury or two away from their rotation looking horrifying? That's just baseball. So I, I, I don't like this idea that it's you in a unique thing that teams need back end starters. It's like everyone does. Everyone really wants pitching. That's everyone wants it. You can never get enough of it. So, yeah. The, and, and the Dodgers, while I don't I know you probably don't want to talk about the Dodgers <laughs> on this podcast, but for the example that we're discussing legitimately you cannot talk about how much depth they now have yeah. at the back end of that rotation. Oh, yeah. They've set themselves up for, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I mm-hmm. as a baseball fan, it's just going to be yeah. a great season. Um, yeah, as sure. a, as a baseball fan, tell me why I shouldn't buy stock or why I should buy all the stock in the world. in Yuki Matsui, because <laughs> this dude is gross, man. This guy yeah. has got some legitimate stuff. And I think he might be one of the more underrated deals that no no one in the national media was really giving a, no. a hoot about. Maybe maybe for a few hours, yeah. but 
I could tell that there was something different in this guy when I saw his performance the other day in spring training. And everyone's like, oh, who's this guy? It's like, uh, he was kind of a big signing and was really yeah. one of the underrated names in the international free agent class. Absolutely. And he's been a star closer, Yuki Matsui over in Japan. I mean, he's been kicking butt yeah. for a while. The one that has question marks is Wusak Go, who was a little bit higher regarded back in like 2020. And things haven't as much sailed. Then being something, gave him two years like four million dollars so who cares you know what i mean like if the guy works and can recapture what he had before that's great but with matsui potential star i think in a lot of ways um especially given the uncertainty with robert suarez who they thought might be the closer of their future we'll have to see i want to give him a little bit more time but matsui could be great i think that he might be one of those guys where over the course of the season major league players they'll have more info on him they'll be used to facing him i remember just to use another yankees reference like you know, when Masahiro Tanaka first came into the league, that that split finger, no one could hit it. That first year, dynamite. Then eventually, he was still a good pitcher, but then teams caught up on him and figured out how to face him. So I'm curious to see how, how his stuff plays over time. But yeah, I and I, what you said, underrated. Like, I think the Padres were a little bit underrated this offseason. I know they've become the butt of every joke. You know, they're broke and you lost soda and blah, 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 which is, you know, fair. But you know, you lose Scott Barlow, but you parlay that into the money it takes us to bring in Eniel De Los Santos, who's a pretty effective pitcher, and then uh, Wusat Go and Yuki Matsui. So, like, I don't mind that. I kind of like that they turned one relief pitcher, who I'm a big fan of, um, and Scott Barlow. I think he's going to be great this year. But you turn that into three effective guys for a team whose bullpen I do not think was fluky last year. I think it really was not good. And that's saying a lot, considering they had the best closer in the game last year outside Edwin Diaz, my Puerto Rican brother, of course. But, um, you know, aside from him, you know, like they had the best and still, I don't think that their bullpen was fluky. I don't think it was good. So I like that they retooled it. I like the Michael King acquisition. I like that they got jerks and profile for a million bucks. Like I, I agree with you, man. I think it was underrated. And I think that people are going to be surprised and say, wow, Yuki Matsui, one of the best closers in the national league would not surprise me at all. Absolutely. Last last question here, brother, because I want to I want you to have uh, some time here before the end of your night. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Who, in your opinion, is your favorite prospect right now for the Padres? It can be the guys that we all know, or maybe an underrated guy. It doesn't have to be any particular category. I just want to know who are you most excited about? Who's in the prospect channel right now for Padres? So silly answer first. Silly answer first is. My guy with the craziest name imaginable, Lamar King Jr. He's a catcher, um, son of former first NFL, former NFL first round pick, um, purely just based on name. And he's got the talent for sure. And maybe he'll be good in the future. I don't know. The other ones that I like, this is where it gets interesting. I like Grand Pauly and Jairo Iriarte. Iriarte has been turning some heads in spring, and Grand Pauly, it feels like the the issue with him is they don't really have a position for him at the moment. And a guy that I really trust who you might be familiar with arm Layton, a uh, big prospect guy for just baseball as well, loves grand Pauly. Like that's one that he thinks could take a little bit of a rise. Not saying that he's, you know, going to be a, 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 such a riser to the degree of say, I've been making a lot of Yankees comparisons, the way that the Yankees farm system jumped a few years ago where Volpe became a top level guy. I'm not saying that's the type of leap to expect a, a James Wood type leap, anything like that. But, 
I think he could be solid. I think that the bat is consistent. The question is, where does he fit? What's a position that he can play? And Iriarte, like I said, he's been turning heads at spring training. He's another guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he helps out the team actually sooner rather than later. And I think that they can afford to because I think they want Snelling and the rest of those guys we talked about to get a little bit more experience. You know what I mean? Let's not rush. Let's not do what we always do and get excited about the recent stuff. And here's what the potential is. So let's go now. You know what I mean? CJ Abrams. I'm not, he's being slept on, by the way. I think CJ Abrams can still be good, but they brought him up and the kid's like 19. He looks like a child out there. He literally does. Have you seen CJ Abrams? He's such a, a little guy, right? And I, I, so those are the two guys that I keep in my, hand, uh, my eye on. Grand Pauly and Jairo Iriarte as potential prospects that I think Pauly is someone to watch in the farm. I think Iriarte could become interesting in the majors. Dude. This has been so good, man. Thank you so much for jumping on. I know <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard, of course, to you know go into each avenue of the entire roster and everything yeah. and 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 not go on for hours because these storylines are so unique and so different for each individual player and how yeah. each of them impact not only the team but the prospects and how the how the even the business side of that team, you know, I think in my personal opinion, this is a team that obviously everyone's going to pick the NL West champions being the Dodgers. Yeah. Rightfully so. But yeah. we've seen just if you can get in, anything can happen. I live out here in Arizona. I saw it last year with the yeah. D-backs. It was like, what in the world's going on? All of a sudden, Kettle Marte is hitting the game winner, game winning yeah. hit against, you know, the, the Phillies. And you're just like, how in the world did this even get to this situation? Exactly. Yeah. And, and the Phillies were like the media darling. That's an oh. underrated aspect of the Diamondbacks. It was 3-2, and everyone was already saying, like, wow, Rangers-Phillies World Series. It's the year of Philly. And Diamondbacks is like, whoa, 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 whoa. The job's not finished, man. And then they won. I, I put a lot of stock in that. In and Philly, it was like, what yeah. in the world is going on? <laughs> and, hey, I know the Dodgers fans love talking smack as if they are the 90s Yankees, which they are not. You are great. You are the best organization in the sport. You're timeless. You're S-tier. You're not the 90s Yankees. You've lost to Howie Kendrick. You've lost to Jake Cronenworth. When the Padres were actually healthy, they beat them. You lost. You got swept by the D-backs. I'm pretty sure the Cardinals have whipped their butts before. The Giants. I don't see the Giants fans acting the way the Dodgers fans do. The Giants won three in five years, and they still don't act that way. So that's always been my thing about the Dodgers. It's, it's like, you're amazing. Like, it's actually incredible what they do, and it's not just money either. I will always, I will defend them on that. It's not just money with them. They, they just pick out depth. Jason Hayward, J.D. Martinez, they have minor contracts too. But I'm like, just stop with the where the – you know how like the 08 Celtics have like for some reason the most clout of like every, any team in sports? I've never – it's they just were. the most frustrating thing. The Dodgers are a little bit like that. And I'm like, well, the one time you guys didn't pull a James Harden in the playoffs was a shortened season? I'm just saying, I'm just saying it counts. It counts, but I'm just saying, like, I saw what Kershaw did last year. You know what I mean? Like I saw oh, what we he saw. Did. Don't worry. <laughs> we all saw, we've seen random ass <laughs> players, you know, beat you before. So I'm just saying, calm down a little bit. That being said, they're going to be amazing this year. And I think Otani, the aura of him suggests he's not letting them blow this. That's just my personal opinion, but. I've been so, proven wrong before. Too, I didn't man. think the Packers were going to beat the Cowboys this year. I thought there was no chance. And the Cowboys, oh, they never let me down. You know what I mean? But <laughs> they were there for us, man. And then they got blown out more than they ever had before. So who knows? But 
really exciting. And the last thing I will say, speaking of Dodgers, former Dodger Trey Turner, I just want to ask people, why is everybody, everyone seems to be so much more down on Xander Bogarts than Trey Turner? I get it. Mm. I think I'd rather have Trey Turner, but Trey Turner was awful defensively. Xander Bogarts was not. Trey Turner was awful in the first half. Bogart struggled too, and also had a good second half, just like Trey Turner. Are we really letting a home run from the World Baseball Classic like hide that there what like Trey Turner genuinely was really bad last year? Uh, I'm just throwing it well, out there. I don't like the inconsistency that I'm seeing, Tyler. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. I love this. I love this because <laughs> I I all I sat there today, I was like, you know, this guy talks about the Padres five days a week. <laughs> episodes out every single day so i'm like yeah you know does he really want to keep talking about him more one you do (laughs) and two i was like you know i do want to give him a little bit of you know just give him a chance just to give his thoughts in the dodgers you did that and then (laughs) finally let's end it eric hosmer we'll talk about him for just a second can you just tell everyone what it's so funny because you know (laughs) i just listened you know of course to, to your shows over the last week and i'm just like what in the world? Just give your background. You do not like Eric Hosmer, and I just right. want to hear just your just a general take as to why. General take. Uh, first of all, I am honored that he blocked my Lockdown Padres account on Twitter, not which many, is funny because also, that. yeah, which is also funny because, first of all, totally his prerogative. This doesn't make him sensitive. I would block people who are talking crap about me, too, if I didn't <laughs> want to listen to it. Um, I just, the ground ball gremlin. Look, here's the thing. Oh, I saw it with the Cubs. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, and it was funny. And I remember tweeting last year where I was like, Cubs fans, it took them one game. <laughs> and they were like, this guy just sets everything to the ground. Oh my! It's Lord. not just that he was bad. It's not just that he was overpaid. It was constantly getting, and it's frustrating when you're a fan, even though I'm part of media too, when all you get from media is like, yeah, but he's so great in the locker room. It's like, I bet he is. I've actually heard from my own sources that that is true, that he's a great teammate. Awesome. I love that. That's important. You cannot continually as media people just keep saying how great he is as a person in the locker room, something that they can't see as he compiles, I think in total, maybe 0.4 F4 over four years with the Padres. And on top of that, getting annoyed when one time someone dared ask him about the trade rumors. Will Myers got asked by trade rumors every four months with the Padres never freaked out. Instead, he's doing thumbs up things, ordering Taco Bell, right? Eric Hosmer, this is also never seemed to care about San Diego or the fan base. Ben and Woods, big radio show over there, never went on once. They've got Cronenworth on there. They get Preller on there once a month. They've had Tatis like six times. They've had Machado. No Hosmer. There's all of these things that resulted because Will Myers was overpaid and not very effective. Mm-hmm. Nobody hates him among Padres fans, right? Disappointed, sure, but no one hates him. Hosmer, it is that. And just continually the weirdest mistakes. You've probably seen the video on YouTube. I love how I'm now talking longer than intended. Uh, You've probably seen the video. (laughs) Eric Hosmer is the worst player in baseball. I may or may not have watched that a bunch of times before bed just to make myself laugh. Um, It is one of the funnier compilations of bad baseball play because you will. And it's not just the ground balls. You'll see some mistakes at first you've never seen before. I promise you some stuff you've never seen before. Type it in as you're listening to this and you'll have a great time. I will say best of luck to him on his future endeavor. We need more. I think of what he's doing, trying to get the player perspective, particularly in baseball. I don't think we have enough of the 
letting players, you know, kind of tell their story thing. So wishing the best, um, but also hated him as a Padre. He was the worst. So the point where even my mom hated him and she does not cover or watch the Padres every day. And she was like, this guy drives me insane. So Eric Hazard, man, the, the bane of my existence for one more year or two as the Padres are still paying his salary. But I, know, was, I, I didn't want to bring it up. I just didn't want to bring <laughs> okay. it up. But I do okay. see a 12.2 in the next two years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ugh. Isn't that the worst? We had that with Hayward, even though even though people hated Hayward with the Cubs mm-hmm. um, for his play on the field, of course, mm-hmm. defensively, absolute masterpiece. Yeah. Offensively, it was it was the biggest joke of a contract when it came to an offensive standpoint. Yeah. But of course, he's a really, really good teammate. The whole rain delay speech, rain delay all thing, these yeah. different things. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, okay, we got a World Series, but now we got this guy for another six years. And so it was kind of that probably the same kind of scenario where it's like, okay, well it's, I mean, it's a little bit different of course with the world series thing, mm-hmm. but it's like, can we get, can we like, can we just be honest here and just say like, he's just not doing his job for a guy who's getting paid an extraordinary amount of money. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's totally fair. It's totally fair. And Hayward was a weird, weird player, but like you said, didn't have those, the, the, the extra things I think, which is why Hosmer became so hated is at least you guys were like, yeah, but he's not a bad guy. You know, he'll talk to fans. He'll talk to media. With Hosmer, was always like, he's such a great teammate. He's the best leader ever. And I never see a post-game conference. He never goes on radio shows, never does anything. It's his prerogative. But I'm just saying that that was part of it. And it all coalesced into why he became one of the most hated athletes that I've ever covered that I can think of for for baseball reasons, mostly. I'm not talking about actual, like, crap heads that we've had in sports before um but yeah man just whew, when let me tell you man when he was announced <laughs> in that soto trade i can't stop i can't stop let i love it you. dude i, I was love at it, work man. i was at work on a call i ain't gonna lie they, they won't hear this anyway i was not paying attention to that call when i saw that hosber was part of that trade i was like ain't no way that this happened and one day after my birthday too i'm pretty sure that we're gonna get Juan soto and hosmer's gone although there was that funny like stretch where everyone's like "Uh oh is hosmer about to hold up the trade he wouldn't be able to show his face again in san diego if he did that so i was sure he was gonna get moved but that was funny um and his ass and then the last thing that happened is they had to trade voight instead who padres fans loved and so he killed luke voight see at every stretch he found a way to make padres fans sad you got a whole title of an episode. I mean, you, dude. Yeah, I'm just glad that I, 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 I'm just glad I provided you this platform here today. Even Thank though you, man. you have your own platform, <laughs> just to lay it all out there. And, dude, seriously, man. Thank you so much for jumping on with, uh, with us. I mean, this is we, from a show perspective. I'm always just intrigued to see from someone's perspective who knows the team, the game, whatever it is very, very well. I'm always curious. And I think that you provide such a cool perspective on the game of baseball, on the Padres, and the whole scenario across the MLB. Dude, you did a great job here. I really appreciate it. Um, where can anybody find you? And where should they go to listen to um, you talk about Locked On uh, Eric Hosmer? Yeah, Locked On Eric Hosmer, who formerly actually had his name banned from the show, which is my most successful bit I've ever done. I would not say him by name for, I think, two years. I did say him by name. (laughs) Wow. Wow. I think it was like two years. I said ground ball, gremlin, or the Padres first baseman, I believe is what I would say. (laughs) Um, 
at Javapeno on Twitter. That's J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. I sometimes just tweet random nonsense on there about pop culture entertainment. If that's your thing. I also do pop culture entertainment writing on the side. You can find my Just Baseball articles. But if you only want the Padres stuff, at L-O underscore Padres, as well as Lockdown Padres on YouTube if you want the video version of the show. Um, and also another project in the works that I am not going to announce just yet, but that's something to keep an eye on. So whichever count you prefer, I, I don't mind. Either one is great. Reach out to me. Any questions, totally cool. And Tyler, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you for the kind words. Everyone needs some kind words every now and then. You were a great host as well. Thanks, brother. Well, to everyone that tuned in, please go follow Lockdown Padres. Show Javier some love. And I think that you will be very, very impressed by what he gets.